Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of December 14th. Man, we're almost at 2023, only 17 more days until we uh, accomplish that feat. I'm your host, D-Swap, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. Guys, last week was PRI. We had some uh, big-time announcements, schedule releases, uh, a couple different drivers, uh, you know, going to pilot some cars for, you know, different people in the industry, which we got a few of those, not as many as we're used to in the past. That's one dynamic PRI has changed. But, uh, you know, as always, the auto racing world, specifically the dirt late model world, headed to Indy this past weekend. And, uh, you know, meet some sponsors and, you know, uh, product sponsors and stuff like that. Uh, the main topic today, we'll talk about the Lucas Oil thing, because I think that caused the most buzz and stir, good or bad. So that'll be our uh, more detailed thing. But, uh, Kyle, you were there all weekend. We were hanging out in the media room for a couple hours throughout the day. Uh, what was one thing that caught your eye other than the Lucas Oil? Because we'll go around and, you know, see what uh, different things that people like caught their eye and uh, thought was pretty interesting. What uh what what'd you get what'd you think? Yeah, you know, first PRI, my my first opportunity to get out to Indy at the trade show. And, you know, it's just uh it was a little overwhelming at first, just so many uh exhibits and, and attendees and just, you know, people from all across uh, motorsports, right? You know, way beyond dirt late model racing. And so it was just interesting to see some familiar faces from other disciplines of racing that I had known. And, uh, you know, obviously dirt late model racing too, just all intermingle and, 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 and come together at PRI. I thought that was uh, unique, uh, expected that obviously, but it's, it's, you know, it's cool to be on the grounds there uh just kind of seeing the lay of the land and then you know speaking of that too just just kind of all like the the tidbits and um just kind of lesser known news as I put in my fast talk that you know us as reporters we're probably not going to get that news or that information unless we go you know and and, and track down um uh, or just be on the search for uh conversations right and so Philip Snellen, uh, Tim McCready's a uh, longtime sidekick, so to speak. Uh, you know, he's not going to be on the road next year with Tim McCready. He uh, had been his crew chief the past few years, since 2019, I believe. And, uh, you know, J.C. Crockett took over the crew chief role this year or transitioned um, from Philip uh, midway through this year at about uh, June. And so um you know talking with philip and i talked with uh, mccready also too just just about the changes going on within that paler motorsports team uh philip um his grand or his mother uh is turning 80 next year and so you know he needs to uh, he just feels obligated and just feels uh, uh just needing to just be there more for her uh at uh, at home in north carolina and so um had a good conversation with him and uh, you know, we put something up in our live blog style notebook from the week um, more on that there, but no, I mean, you know, it's, it's just like conversations like that, right. You know, you, you, you see him, I saw him with Tim McCready. I was like, Hey, you know, what's going on? And, you know, you strike up a conversation 
with a guy like him and then all of a sudden you know he he uh you know drops some news on you that he's not going to be back uh on the road at least you know with Tim McCready next year and so you know he had been with him for 20 years and and in one form or another and so you know it's it's just conversations like that that uh kind of that strike me uh just the lesser known news coming out of there and so um something that i appreciate as as a reporter you know being able to just track down news like that and and always being on the search for um just like anything of that nature in terms of uh you know news and and ever-changing um uh just yeah just like just like the ever-changing landscape in our sport so yeah you see that a whole bunch in our industry of just guys uh flip-flopping crews going to different drivers and uh, we wish nothing for the best for philip uh We'll miss seeing him on the road, Kovac. He's been there a long time helping Team Acker. You know, he's just, just always a good guy to talk to in the pit area. So that was a you know a championship coming off two of them in a row. And you have a guy leaving the leaving the crew like that. Kind of can be shocking news a little bit. Yeah, it's a you know Philip. I know, like he does. Uh, you know, he kind of takes care of his mom there <clears throat> in uh, North Carolina. So he, uh, I mean, he, he's always thinking. I know he's he's missed some races on the road over the years, you know, just to make sure that everything's all right with his mom there and help take care of her. But, um, yeah, he, he's been around with him for a while. I mean, even like not just full-time, but just helping him here and there and showed up at races for, you know, almost two decades, really. I mean, probably 20 years ago, almost when he first met McCready. And, uh, I, I think it's pretty, uh, you know, it, it's notable that when McCready won the world 100, Philip was with them, you know, back there. Uh, I think Philip drove that dually. That uh, you know that 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 they had to just bringing the right with the regular enclosed trailer that uh McCready used for that race, and I think he was he might I think he might have been the one that drove it around the racetrack. They did that little victory lap after the World One Hundred, and I know Philip was in there. I think he even I think he even had a video of it or something. So, uh, yeah, he's got a good history with uh, with T Mac. Yeah, what else caught your eye there, Kovac? When you were just hanging out down in South Florida your vacation that you take with your lovely life, Lori, every single year to, you know, down there in the Florida Keys, what uh, caught your eye when you're looking at the blogs or just saw someone on social media? Well, I, I, the thing I like was right the first day before we even actually left, that was the day we left on Thursday when Todd was sending me some, uh, you know, the interviews and, and, and all that he was doing to write up for the vlog. And uh, he said, he sends me the note about Jim Bernheisel uh, kind of, uh, you know, being the organizer to bring back the Appalachian mountain speed week uh, back in my backyard of Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, some, you know, nice, I mean, Hagerstown will be the only one right now in Maryland. There's the only one outside of Pitts, uh, Pennsylvania on the schedule. But uh, I used to, I went that, that little speed week was a pretty good. I had, I had built up pretty well under Kurt Smith and Jason Clapper from uh, 19 uh, from 2009 to 2017. And that's some, there were some years, even like, you know, I think Tim McCready won the title one year, Jimmy Mars came out and ran it. There was some bigger names that would, would run the series. And I mean, obviously it's meant for the, the regional guy that Pennsylvania, Maryland, maybe a West Virginia guys, or, you know, those, the, that little mid Atlantic region. Uh, and it, it did get a, quite a few you know, good car counts. I mean, that was a nice uh, early June, normally it would be around the time of the dream. So uh, teams that wouldn't go to the dream that, you know, like wouldn't, I mean, it would give them another option, you know, uh, to, to stay and run a bunch of races at some pretty decent tracks. And uh, it has been, it's been gone for five years now. And 
and Bern Heisel, he said that he's, uh, he's 64 years old, obviously a long time driver, veteran driver and chassis builder. And he's been wanting to get a little bit more involved as he gets older and, and you know, help and promote some races. And he did promote a race at Lincoln, help, I think it was co-promoting a race at Lincoln Speedway in Pennsylvania last, you know, just, just this fall. Uh, and this is another opportunity for him to bring something back and, you know, give something, uh, help the, help the late model scene, I guess, in his area. So I'm definitely looking forward to the, uh, the Appalachian mountain speed week being back on the, on the scene, on the map, I guess, for, uh, for late model racing. Yeah. AMS was like, they had their, you know, week long series, my first couple years at dirt on dirt, then it kind of went away, like you mentioned. So that's good for that area to just race for good money for a week. You don't have to worry about a season long thing. If you're like a part-time driver, you can say, hey, perfect week for vacation. Let's go drive at all these tracks in that Appalachian area. So that'll be a, that'll be a good thing there. That's a, great to see that they're bringing it back. Robert, how are you feeling today on this fine early Monday morning while we're recording? Because we have to go to Austin, Texas. You look, you, know, you look a little bit better. I thought you'd be more sleepy a little bit. I'm, uh, I fell asleep about 5.30 a.m., sprung out of bed about 6.45 a.m. to, uh, to record this. Uh, so I'm a little gassed, but, uh, but Hey, you know, we're here, we're all together. Uh, we're all, except for minus Kovac, we're all about to be in Texas together. So, uh, so there's that. So, uh, I'm doing all right. You know, I've had my, my banana this morning. I got my, my monster, whatever it is, uh, water drink thingy. I'm good to go. Hey, you're the savvy veteran. No uh, lack of sleep won't bring down the big fellow. Robert, what uh, what caught your eye there in Indy? Uh, well, aside from all the the driver news that we we got, you know, of course, you know Phil leaving uh, T Mac was was notable. Um, I, I really had my eye on the schedules, and I think that that's one thing that uh, that I, really Kyle is like. In in our fast talk, I think Kyle was wondering why the schedules come out came out on that particular day, or when why they would release them on that day. I like them on that day. That's when they should come out because uh, it's if Kyle hasn't had a time to look over them, that's on him. He's not he's not doing his due diligence. Uh, I haven't even had time to to really fully understand what we're going to talk about today, which is the Lucas oil schedule. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. So that's on me because I haven't done my due diligence, but, uh, but no, I like the schedules. I like to see them. Ray cooks always comes out. Then, you know what, it's a good time to look, you know, at over stuff and, and, and not necessarily plan the year, but here we are a few weeks from Christmas and we're looking ahead to next year already and you can do that when these uh you know series and stuff drop their schedules during the pri and i think that's just historically a, a something that's always happening good you know i was kind of there's a couple that haven't come out you know uh, the ultimate southeast series the southern all-stars um i think chris tilly's series the uh valvoline iron man tours have we haven't um seen a full slate for them uh the the Castrol Flow Night in America tour, you know, we haven't seen a full schedule for them. And that's understandable because I know that uh, a lot of these tours, like you don't want to have your, your series come out with a schedule that's half 
done halfway done and then you have to come back and have another release and then well we added this and well we changed this person then we added this so that's completely understandable if these people haven't uh uh gotten their tours and gotten their schedules completely nailed down and didn't want to announce you know a, a schedule that's only 75 percent of the way full that's completely understandable i understand it i think most people even though we're eager for it you know would rather just yeah finish it up wrap it up put a bow on it and then drop it you know maybe january sometime you know early january uh thing is some tours back in the day when things were before social media and stuff you know some of them actually so the stragglers you didn't see until march and it's like what that would never happen and i mean we might get one or two in march now but that's because well, hell i don't know why that's because because it, it's tough you know to keep up if you're not on top of the social media game and that kind of stuff and getting your schedules out early because people people make plans for instance off you know heading a different direction i was watching uh uh, a sports show last uh on uh, i was watching a sports show on sunday after the titans got smoked by uh whoever the crap they played they got they got smoked right and so these people are already talking about next year i'm like good god can we not we got to get through this year we got to get through the next race we got to get through the next you know games i'm sorry not uh race but we've got to get to the next one so it's it's way too we're in a, a a place where we're always looking ahead we're always looking at the next month next two months and uh pri helps us do that and pri always helped us do that before social media it gave us those schedules and stuff and so we always got to kyle what you would get to do you would collect all those schedules in a piece of paper or whatever and then you would go home and you'd sit down. If you rode to PRI with somebody, you'd get to I'd give you some reading on the way home. And if you if you didn't, then when you got home, you would uh, you'd set those schedules out and throw them on your desk and look at them and say, "Well, we could go here, we could go there. These are some opportunities for us to go race here." Uh, so that's uh, that was before you know social media, whereas now a schedule can come out and everybody has it instantly so obviously we're in a little different era but uh but yeah i still like those schedules i still like to see them get them in your hand and kind of kind of playing playing what's going on in the world uh in my world before christmas yeah the schedule releases is like the ncaa tournament when the brackets come out you're checking it uh what race am i going to go to what catches my eye new racetrack especially the regional ones because the national ones come out so early and then you get to see like oh the summer nationals are here Rick Cook's going here. There's a new track for, you know, the SAS. Pretty cool. Um, always enjoy when they all come out like that. And then you have plenty of reading material and uh, research right after they come out. Mine, uh, one thing is like Nick Hoffman getting the getting the ride, you know, with uh, Ty Torg. Obviously, you heard rumblings, you know, moving forward. But they finally – or rumblings about it last week that they were going to happen. And then, obviously, they announced it on Friday. He, he's going to plan on running the World of Outlaws. So, that I think that's pretty – Pretty neat that Nick Hoffman, a mod ace, who's been, you know, racing in the Midwest and all over the country and the open wheel stuff is, you know, finally, finally getting a big time late model ride. He's had some rides in the past, you know, with Scott Bloomquist and others, but to have a full season concentrating on super late model racing, I think 
I think that's pretty uh pretty cool for the sport. Uh, pretty great for Nick Hoffman, and uh, can't can't wait to see what he does in the Woo series next year. That's his plan is to do that. So, uh, <clears throat> Kovac, you you interested with Hoback or um, interested with Nick Hoffman running Woo next year? And I think we're gonna have some other drivers, you know, compete there as well. Yeah, I think that's a definitely a, a really interesting uh, new addition to the Outlaws uh, and and late model world in general because uh, uh, Hoffman he's sh- he. I've said I've said it before of any other all these guys that win races and and create late models or or uh, or modifieds if they put up those kind of 30 40 wins a year like Hoffman's been able to do with a modified I mean they must be pretty good it's kind of like you know Jimmy Owens when he was running a modified he was putting up astronomical win numbers and and look at how he's turned out right so uh I think that he's He's a really good. I, I when I talked to Ty Torig, you know, about a month ago, when after Devin Moran left uh, to go to Double Down, uh, Ty had said he wasn't. You know, he, he was so considering his options. He didn't know if he wanted to. He, he's even thinking about maybe, maybe I'd I'd get out of it. At, you know, racing all, all together. But yeah, of, of course, uh, he's got a lot of equipment and he's coming off some of his best years ever with Devin. So he, he's definitely he's he was pumped up to keep racing. And he talked to some different people and some of the people he mentioned the first time to me, Hoffman wasn't in that list, you know, which is, uh, and he comes back and, and says, yeah, I'm hiring Hoffman. And I, I know Ty really likes, uh, I mean, Ty's letting Hoffman have the cars down there in North Carolina too. He's going to keep uh, Hoffman will, uh, uh, take him from Ohio and, and, and keep him at his shop and be able to work on him down there every day. And uh, that, that's a little bit different for, for Ty, having him far away from him, uh, not just like, you know, when he did some there were at one point just at, at the Moran shop rather than his own, but Moran shop wasn't very far away from him in Coshocton, uh, Ohio. That's different. And he's really excited about Hoffman's connections and the, the whole uh, racing world, you know, a lot of the, you know, with the, with the uh, manufacturers and the shock makers and, and all that kind of stuff where uh, he, he thinks that that'll really uh, bring some more technology into his team because of what, uh, of Hoffman, all the people that Hoffman has you know, become friendly with over the years, especially being a, a modified chassis builder as well. And, and I know Hoffman's pretty good, pretty talented driver too. Uh, in the late model, he's shown that he's, he could be pretty good. He's his limited appearances, you know, he's running Eldora and then he had that stretch filling in for uh, Scott Bloomquist in, you know, all big races. They were all major events basically that he was running uh, and, and he did pretty well in them. Uh, he, you, you knew he was there at least. And uh, I think that if he gets out there, he'll, he'll be a, he'll be a contender this, uh, you know, in, in 2023 with that, with that deal. I, I think that's pretty good. And, and then, just to see him come to the outlaws. And then you got, I mean, there was other announcements with the outlaws. I mean, I, I, it's one of the things everyone's kind of talked about the outlaws in 2022 being a little bit, uh, a little, the, the talent level, the, the, the strength top to bottom wasn't what it has been in the past. And uh, I think, I think there were like nine guys that basically were regulars at the end of the season as regulars uh, next year. Or you knew, you kind of knew that there would be some guys that would go there. People are good. Drivers or teams are going to look at, a spot and be like, well, you know what, we can go over there and make some money. We can do this and make some money. And, and there was uh, obviously some openings there, uh, some uh, opportunities with the outlaws and uh, Chris Madden, he announces he's coming back. That's a big one for the outlaws. Of course, uh, you know, he had left in end of March when he was leading the points, I believe uh, at that point. 
uh, to just run that independent schedule, but he's going to be back with the outlaws. He's going to go for it. And that's like the one thing that he has not won yet is a national title. And I think that uh, he'll, he'll be a guy that's really, uh, I mean, he's been right there every time he's run it and that that's going to be his goal this year to win that title. And, and uh, you know, him being back on the tours uh, is, is a big, uh, big improvement for the outlaws. And then there's also, there's, there's a little bit of uh, there's some, uh, thoughts that maybe Brandon Shepard ends up back with the Outlaws too. So we're going to be watching that uh, to see what the roster shapes up like uh, totally before speed weeks in January. Yeah. And you'll have a bunch of drivers. that will probably be on the fence too, as well, Kovac, when they head down to Florida, because you start with Sunshine Nationals and you got the Lucas Oil action. We will be off during that time. So maybe if you get a good run in either or, you can decide after that. Who knows? You could probably maybe go until like April or May before you actually have to make the decision with the, all the cancellation and rain out. So it's always very interesting to see. And yeah, Chris Madden coming back very big for the world of outlaws. And if you can snag Sheppy, you add those two, you know, superstars. That's, that's pretty good uh, deal for uh, Steve Francis and company. Well, Kyle, the biggest news came out on a, uh, you know, this past weekend, the Lucas Oil Series announced their new point system and what they're going to be doing for the finale at the Dirt Track World Championship in Eldora. They're going to eliminate drivers, you know, throughout the entire season. You got the round of 15, 12, and then six, and then four. Uh-oh, Tommy's coming in. So you guys might hear a little noise here, but he's ready to go. He's fired up for the Lucas Oil Series. Once I brought that up, he was uh, ready to go. Um, Kyle, you, we were on the – uh trade show floor i think the dri uh, drivers and car owners are pretty excited about it then you saw the social media with all the fans uh what's your initial reaction to this because a lot more money is going to be added and then four guys are going to be duking it out for the championship at eldora in october yeah obviously a seismic shift in the lucas oil format championship format um and a lot to digest here right i think you know, the final four uh, best man wins scenario at Eldora, obviously, you know, that that clears the, the, the format up for that race. Right. We had been talking about it for the past month or so, you know, as to, you know, what the dirt track world championship would look like now. So now we now we get that, you know, clearer picture. We get the picture as to what had been going on there behind the scenes all along. Um, you know, I was talking with Rick Schwally from, uh, you know, Lucas Oil, and, um, you know, he's confident in this decision. And um, it's just, uh, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, you know, personally, I don't, I don't know how this is going to play out for the series long-term, you know, you're always thinking about, or at least I'm always thinking about, okay, you know, how is this going to affect the series long-term? Obviously it's the page out of NASCAR's playbook and people, people did not like that on social media. People don't like it at all, you know, um, on the whole at, at, at large, you know, the, the dirt late model, fan base they don't seem to like it at large and so um you know my thoughts are hey let's let's honestly give this thing a try um you know there's a lot of money at stake right I think if this is the format that you know 
because there's not just one person driving this right even though it was Wayne Castleberry's idea behind the scenes at Lucas Oil you know there's there's not just one person driving it I mean there's there's you know multiple sponsors it seems like you know there's multiple people you know behind this new format and so if this is what it takes to increase the point fund by half a million dollars like if this is the format you know these backers and and, and these supporters and in this format if this is what it takes to get this kind of money into the into the series then i'm all for trying it um and so on the other hand it's uh it's it's i just hope that you know more fans will be open to it right i mean it's a page had a nascar's playbook page out of nascar's book I think it was only a matter of time before some series, either regional or even national, would would try it. And so I just thought it was only a matter of time. And so I was talking with Rick Schwally and and after the day after he had they had put out the news that uh, Thursday, and um, you know he wished that he didn't use the word eliminations. Uh, and, and the chase for the championship format, because really, quite honestly, what's really only different in this format, as opposed to years past, is the clean slate going into uh, the dirt track world championship and that uh, top four guys in points, um, you know, having an equal shot to win the championship there. And that fourth place guy walks away with no less than one hundred thousand dollars. Uh, Tim McCready's championship was $150,000 this year. So, uh, and then after each round uh, throughout the year, um, you know, teams, uh, 15 teams to 12 to eight after Port Royal, then after the Pittsburgher uh, on September 30th, that that gets whittled down to four. So there's a lot of money there. Uh, You know, we we can't overlook that. I am not, uh, it's, uh, I'm all for trying this format, uh, even though it, it uh, won't sit, it doesn't sit well with the average fan at large um, in dirt late model racing. I just think, hey, you know, let's try something new. Let's try something different here. And, uh, you know, the Lucas Oil Championship, um, the championship had only been decided or would uh, the uh, second place guy in points um, was only in reach of the championship uh, twice over the time, um, you know, since the start of the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series um, going into the Dirt Track World Championship over the years. So we'll see how this works out for them. Um, I'm all for trying it, although people, you know, they have their opinions and rightly so. Um, I'm sure, you know, Robert and Kevin um, covering this sport a lot longer, you know, will will certainly have their opinions and and takes on it also i'm all for trying it uh it's unique it's certainly going to drive viewership and let's be real you know all these people complaining about it you know next uh, uh, next october at eldora i i just think it's going to be a a packed atmosphere and people are going to enjoy it so um you know people will complain about it now but i i just think you know we're going to realize the uh the intensity and the energy that it brings to the dirt track world championship next October, I think we'll, we will realize it then. I'm, uh, I'm glad that Kyle is all 
well, not really all for it, but I'm glad not that, all for that it. Kind of, no, you're not all for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not what I meant. I'm glad that that you are open to it uh, because it we need people who to to be open to it. Uh, you know, I think that if anything, it got the Lucas Oil series and Lucas Oil in general a lot of attention over the past week. So it's probably already PR wise, it's probably already been a success. But I personally am not a huge fan of it. I don't think that uh, I don't think that I, I agree that with Rick Swally when he says that at a certain point, I can't remember what like point in the year, but at a certain point, you know, if you're eighth or ninth in points or seventh, eighth, ninth in points, whatever, you're not going to win the, the championship. So what difference does it make to really rule them out moving forward? I don't have a problem with that necessarily because that's that is true. I don't have a problem with the money being the influx of money is great. I wish they had sat down and thought about a better way to spend it or spread it out because you know I've anybody that's read my blogs, anybody that's ever listened to me, you know, get up on my soapbox, everybody knows that I'm I have a little race team and that I'm for the little guy and I'm for the guy who doesn't always win I'm for the guy who runs six or seven sometimes and and needs that money to make sure they continue to run six or seventh or or needs that money to try to run fourth you know I'm for that guy and so I do wish they had spread the money um a little further back but there's no denying the fact that it is you know if you finish fourth in this deal and win a hundred thousand dollars that is incredible I mean that is that's not we haven't really seen that, you know, that's, that's what I think I would assume what they're trying to do is you come run this national tour, you run fourth in this national tour, you know, you're going to get five times what you would get for winning a regional tour. So not to mention the, the other money that, you know, the travel money and that sort of stuff. So, so I get what, what there's, what they're doing from that perspective. And it's good. But I guess the thing that I have a problem with is that if you look back at this year's points, Hudson O'Neill was 710 points behind Tim McCready going into the final race. 710 points. All right. If that happens this coming year and he happens to, or whoever's in fourth, 710 points wins at Eldora and is crowned the Lucas Oil champion. I would be pissed if I was the one leading by 710 points going into that finale. I would be, I'm not gonna, there's no other way to put it. I would be furious. I mean, you, you, I just, I, I don't even know what else to say really beyond that because the fourth place guy does, if you're 710 points, does not deserve a chance to win that championship. He's had what, 64 chances to win it throughout the year. 67 chances, however many races there are leading up to that event. You've had chances. You've had you've had 60 chances. So now, since those 60, since you couldn't get it done over the course of those 60, we're gonna just clear this clear the slate and let's do this this way. I just think it's wrong. That's just, you know, I hope that hope that Rick, you know, still lets me in the press box. What next time I see him, because I love all those guys. I love everybody, you know, involved in the sport. 
And 20 years from now, people, you know, people hate change. 10 years from now, if this continues to, to go this way, people may look back and say, ah, I remember when we had all this uproar about the system change and blah, 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 and look, it didn't hurt it and blah, blah, blah. That'll be great, but but it's not 10 years from now. It's right now. And right now I don't like it. Now, what I what I would what I would I guess prefer, you know, be honest, they didn't call me. They didn't ask me. They didn't text me to see what what I thought they should do. But if you're gonna do that and you want four guys to have some excitement like that, I think if you're that far behind, if you're so X amount of points behind. You, sh you shouldn't have a chance to win this deal on the last race. But maybe take those four guys and say and, – and figure out some way how, okay, if you're X amount of points behind, there's no, you can't finish better than second. Or, you, or if you're – if the third and fourth place are so far behind, you know, you can – if you outrun, take those four cars and just let the top two – let those two, even if – even if the second play, I will concede, even if the second place guy is, isn't really within striking distance, which still doesn't seem right to me, but even if the second guy isn't within striking distance, just let the number one guy and the number two guy go at it and say, okay, and number three and four going at it. So number four, here's your chance. I know you haven't been able to get it done all year, but here's your chance. If you're in fourth, you have the opportunity if you outrun the third place guy, forget about points, but if you outrun the third place car at Eldora in the last race of the year, you 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 get you're gonna be bumped up and get the extra fifty thousand dollars or whatever. Um, but I just uh he you know, Rick's right about nothing else really changing. Nothing changes throughout the year you know, until the very last race. So, you know, granted, you, you're, they are technically eliminating guys, but eh, he's right. They're, they're not really, those guys are eliminating themselves because they haven't been able to keep up, you know, because they've used 82 provisionals, you know, going, going down the stretch and they, and they haven't been able to, to, to keep up with the people who are actually in the top four five, six of the points. So, you know, the worst thing, I think the only scenario, I have, to, I have two scenarios that I think could be bad for this. One, what if the guy that's, what if you're eliminated and something happens to the third place guy, he loses his ride, he gets hurt and he's, he's or, you know, I'm not sure how that would work necessarily if somebody in front of you had to drop off, off the tour and you had just been at the cut line and been eliminated. I'm not sure if there's, they, can, I, can I ask one question though, Kyle? I don't think you, you, like you said, like Rick said, no one's eliminated actually. All they're doing basically, the only time anybody's eliminated is for the last race, right? I mean, that's that's what I'm getting out of it. Like all they're doing is like they'll pay 15 guys a bonus after that one stretch. They'll pay the top 12 guys a bonus. They'll pay top eight guys a bonus. And then after, before the last race, only the top four can run for the championship. So, I mean, you could technically be like, can't you be like, you, you could be the top 15, you get a bonus. Then you could be like out, you can move your, they're not like eliminating those so next three. Kovac, what you're saying is if like, say you make the top 15, then at Wheatland, you're 13th in points. 
Yeah. But then, all, but then you all of a sudden get in the But top you can get back in. into the top eight after that. Okay. You so, know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, they're just, a li- they're not, it's not like the NASCAR deal where like after three races, they eliminate well, and, you know, and that's well, it. And, and, and all, then redo and, points. But it's just weird. Honesty. It's just different. Like, I mean, like the last, those in guys wouldn't honesty, be able to win guys, it anyway. In all honesty, you're exactly right. In all honesty, if you're, if you're 12th or 13th, 10th in points at a certain point, you know, halfway through the season, you're not going to win. Yeah, not but, but win you it. can, like, the, te- the one, the one thing, up, that last group, that, that last group, once you're in the top eight, I mean, you could go from sixth to fourth or something like that. I mean, that'd be the main thing. Or you could go, you could be ninth and then get up to seventh, and then you could be seventh to get up to, yeah, I guess you could do that. But, yeah, it's, but, it's just. Uh, that goes back to my point, though. If you go into right. the last race and you're 700 points behind the leader, and you happen, and the leader breaks a motor, has a flat tire, run, gets hit by a lap car, and and yeah. some and somehow the fourth place car is. And let's face it, if you look at this, the fourth place car in the Lucas Oil points can win any any race of the year. It's it can win on any given night. Hudson O'Neill, who is fourth this year going into the last race, could win on any given night. So it's not like they're just they're junk and don't have a a shot at winning that race. So you're all of a sudden saying, hey, here's a guy who's been there who hasn't been as consistent as you, but has been there. If he wins this race, if he outruns you on this particular night, he's our champion. I just think that's wrong. I think that's 100% wrong. And uh, I'll leave it. I'll, I'll, I'll bow out of this conversation because I'm probably going to be, like, um, chastised anyway by, by the series. But anyway, I, I will say, what if <laughs> – what if it rains out the last race and then we don't get to finish it until November or uh, you've got to finish it or you've got to have some kind of provisions where they fall back to the previous race and just call it a day. I don't really know what they would do, you know, so I'm sure that I I hope that they've thought about that. And I know that Eldora is, can you imagine being there? How many times we've been at Eldora? I've been there many times and sat there for seven hours, eight hours, waiting for them to get a race in. You know, in that race, they're going to have to get it in. So, uh, you know, so that kind of puts puts a pressure on them. Weather, weather in October in Ohio, you know, we all know it's not all that great. So uh, not always that great. So so it puts pressure on them to make sure that that race gets in at a, in a timely fashion too, whether it's whether it's that weekend or the following weekend or the following Wednesday or whatever, we've got to get that race in now. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure like T-Max is what it is about it, but he's pretty good at Eldora. So I think he's okay with the final race being <laughs> at the Big E and some other guys like that. Maybe if you are winning it, it's not your cup of tea. You could be like in the same boat as what Robert's thinking. You could say what you want about the eliminations, the point structures, yada, yada, yada. But the thing that catches my eye, Kovac, the most and you can we can give your thoughts but this is what i'm thinking about it fifth place pays seventy five thousand dollars that is what the championship paid just last year to win it i'm pretty sure so a lot of money into it i mean you can't i mean mark richards and donald bradshaw went out of their way saying like hey granted they're car owners so the more money you make at the end of the year is going to help out too but to see fifth place making that much money like that's wild because a couple of, up until a couple of years ago, Kovac, it was, you know, 75 grand just to win the championship. So if you're running mid pack stuff like that throughout the year and you finish fifth, that's going to be a good payday, not knowing you're winning the championship. So I'm looking from like fifth to 10 guys that probably have no chance of winning, but where they finish, they're just going to be making a lot more money at the end of the year. 
Oh yeah, there's definitely more money there. You know, 200, 150,000, 125, 100,000 for the top four. Like you said, 75 for fifth, 60 for sixth, you know, and 25,000 all the way back to 12th. You know, I mean, that's, that's good. That's good money. And I think that's, um, I mean, I, I don't know. They, they got good sponsorship for this too. You know, like they put more money into it and, uh, and Lucas Oil, maybe if they don't come up with this unique, talked about thing maybe they don't get that spine you could probably say you could say like oh well they would be able to pay why don't they just pay two hundred thousand for the regular you know like the the normal championship like it's been the last few like forever uh but maybe they don't get the sponsorship response to all uh, to do these bonuses after so many races to to pay uh you know that much money if six figures to the top four uh after this is the first year that it was over six figures for the champion, uh, let alone the top four <clears throat> with the Lucas Oil Series. So I, I mean, I, I would think that that this must have triggered some more sponsorship uh, interest, too, because uh, you could talk about it more. And, and, and there's no doubt, hey, the last race, it's going to be much more interesting talking about a championship. Everybody wants to have a championship battle go down to the last race. It's just rare because. Usually that's why it's so cool when it does happen be, you know, the, the, those years, especially like the outlaws have had a few of them, you know, when Rick Eckert won it at the world finals uh, <clears throat> over uh, Josh Richards, uh, when Josh got a flat, like on the last lap of the last world finals race, uh, those are just special moments when you have a championship battle like that. And, and Lucas is they look, they want that. It's uh, when you have so many years, you don't have it. You, you kind of want it. Personally, I don't, I don't, I don't, I said, I don't, I will say, I don't love it at all. I don't really like it. Uh, you, like Robert said, that fourth place guy, it just doesn't feel like I, I want, I can't, it's, it's hard to call him a champion. If he ends up being the dot, the guy that is the top uh, finisher in that last, I know that's, that's the rule. I mean, and I know you could have a eight and eight or nine and seven, nine, you know, you could have a 500 team win the Super Bowl. You could have the team, uh, with the worst record in the world in the major league baseball players win the world series. That's a different sport. It's not like you're uh, using this entire season. Uh, it, it, you know, you're crowning a champion over the entire season. You're everybody's positioning for a playoff. And I guess maybe this is the way it'll be here. Hey, I just want to be in the top four going into that last race. I'm it, 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 it breaks up. Like there will be those bonuses like to, to be the leader uh, through the year. But maybe now it's just, hey, I, I I don't I don't have to be maybe drivers won't have to be as worried like the the the, the leader won't have to be as worried about not going, you know, not 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 throwing a, a, a setup in there to go for wins sometimes during the year. Maybe they'll be like, hey, man, I'm locked, I'm pretty good locked into the top four. As long as I'm in the top four, I'm good uh, going into that last race. I, I could go for the win at the Pittsburgh or that la next to last race. If you're off, I'm leading the points rather than just worrying about making sure I don't lose the championship, that kind of, that, that kind of mentality, but that fourth place guy looked back at the points for, you know, the final points for Lucas. And like Robert said, this year it was 710 points. The, the fourth place guy finished behind the leader. It, it, 2001, 840, 645 in, in, in uh, 20, 19, 580, 6, 630 and 12. I mean, the, the, the closest I can ever find is, you know, back to 15 was 465. 16, the fourth place guy was 1,145 points behind the champion. Uh, I mean, just 
And then Lucas Oil Series, well, I think you can make up about 125, 50 or something like that a race. So if you're that, if you're 600, 700 points, you're, you're basically four or five races away, you know, at worse than the leader. And but now you could be the champion. Uh, I guess we'll have to get used to that idea. Uh, the thing is here also another factor. I know dirt fans have never embraced the the chase for the championship deal that NASCAR has gone to. Uh, it's a little different than this Lucas one, but the same same idea for the last race though. When you get to the four, whoever's top, whoever finishes first wins the title. You know, I know like uh, I've heard dirt fans forever just say, "Hey, I'm a, we don't want our dirt racing to get more like NASCAR." They always talk about that and we got to be careful here that this this doesn't get perceived as being more like NASCAR now because it's going the NASCAR route for the chase for the championship. I mean, that going to have to combat that all year and, and, uh, and, and push the, the positives of it, uh, the excitement of it uh, to make sure people don't think that this is another step of the slippery slope towards NASCAR, you know, mentality in the dirt racing world. Yeah, me and Kyle are going over like the posts on social media. We we saw a lot of nap car and NAS trap. So uh, let's just hope that it doesn't turn into that. Like, but I want to go on the other side, Kyle. Why do you think if you're the Lucas Oil, you're representing them, you're telling the drivers and fans, why is this a good thing? Yeah, it is. It, you know, I was talking with Tim McCready and he said if this is, he's all for improving the racing products now. Is this manufacturing drama? You can go off on a tangent and 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 have your opinion about that too. Well, you know, if if Tim McCready is saying, well, if this is the way that you know we're gonna improve our racing product and 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 draw more eyeballs to the sport, then so so be it. You know, let's let's try it. And so that would be the number one driving priority. And then as Kevin mentioned too, right? I mean, just sponsor response and awareness and, and just involvement in this new format. It seems like there's, um, you know, just a bunch of new sponsorship and, and revenue and involvement coming from different businesses and, and, and supporters of racing that want a hand in, in this format. And so um, honestly, just, you know, from a race fan standpoint, um you know this format and this this move to eldora the dirt track world championship i mean shoot i mean it's uh it, it almost you know takes the uh identity away a little bit you know this is also a conversation in in and of itself but you know we still got the dirt track world championship too you know in in that race um and the winner of that too you know because the winner of the dirt track world championship might not even be in the championship conversation on the lucas oil series might not even run run the series in general right that whole year so we'll see i mean it's certainly i mean from a fan's perspective you know going into that last race four drivers have an equal shot at this championship at eldora um you know, it from from that view, when you look at it that way, I mean, yeah, I mean, it that it'll be exciting. You know, there's no doubt about it. Well, that it won't be exciting. And so they 
want to try to drive that excitement. I mean, let's be real. I'll be real. I don't really watch a whole lot of NASCAR anymore because I don't, you know, NASCAR has sucked the, 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 <laughs> has sucked a lot of in, enjoyment out of the fan in me because of what they've done to their format, so to speak, as Kevin had mentioned. And, but I still turn it on for that championship race. I still watch it. I still find myself wanting to, to watch that championship race. I still find myself compelled to turn that race on um, because it, it's, it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's intriguing. And so there's, there's four guys battling it out for that championship and that race at Phoenix, you know, if you're a stock car fan, I'm, Phoenix is not a great racetrack, and yet it that race has seemed to um, produce better than, than, than the average race there at Phoenix, just because of the intensity and what's on the line. And so I would only imagine that, uh, you know, those, those same stakes would carry over to Eldora. Um, so that would, you know, if you're just looking at the straight up positives and what to draw from this, it would have to be that. But to answer Kevin's question, to be honest with you, about the eliminations and stuff, from my understanding, um, they're not eliminating anybody. You would just get the bonuses, you know, if you're in that top 15, you know, if you're in that top 12, if you're in that top eight, and then obviously getting to the final four, there would only be four guys that would have a shot at the championship. So that's from what I understand. It does, it did, it did come out a little wishy-washy in my opinion, just with how they presented this chase for the championship, even though is it really a chase for the championship? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, wish they, wish they rebrand or wish they branded that a little differently because uh, it does sound like NASCAR, but yeah, those are the positives to draw from it. I hope a guy goes from 15th and then he finishes in the 12th and then eighth and then he's fourth and then he wins a championship. That'd be a, that'd be a wild scenario, which is possible. You just never know with, you know, these type of racing. Uh, I know that we got to get going here because uh, everybody will be traveling today. So we'll do one more thing. Robert, what do you got for us? Uh, it's that, uh, it's that time of year that I always uh, fall back to, to the other Lucas oil banquet. Uh, uh, I mean, look the other, PRI stuff that, uh, and that's the Lucas Oil Banquet, and uh, and what happens there with the, the Mike Swims Award, uh, the Kasiski family uh, were awarded that the Mike Swims Award of Excellence. It's uh, the you know Joe and Steve, uh, the, you know the leaders of that family, uh, brought so much to the sport, and they were uh, you know through their not only through their racing and and everything, and and of course you know I knew them when I was much younger, it's just great racers and stuff. And now, you know, you have the silver dollar nationals and everything that they, you know, done there at I 80, which is uh, going to be closed down. But, uh, but the whole family was honored at the Lucas oil series banquet with the swims, uh, Mike swims award. And uh, so I just want to say, uh, throw out a, a congratulations to them because uh, usually when a person wins that award, they have uh, been great, great contributors to our sport. Yeah. Uh, there's three of them there representing the, you know, Kaziski family to when they got that award, everybody gave them a standing ovation and yeah, they, 
made that race huge, $5,300 a start by the end of it. That's, that's pretty awesome. And they were both drivers that wanted to put money back into the racers. Uh, yeah, so congrats to them winning the Mike Swinton's Award. Uh, Kovac, what do you got? Uh, another new series down south now, too, down the southeast, Hunt the Front, the, the Hunt the Front boys, the Joiner boys there. They're, uh, uh, they come out with a new Hunt the Front Super Dirt series that's going to be uh, uh, running, you know, just in that southeast region uh, around them, their Florida home, I guess. I'll be going a little bit more north, uh, you know, into the Carolinas, I guess. But um, uh, another, we'll, we'll see how it works. I mean, there, there's plenty of racing. There's plenty of series in the south uh will the hunt the front guys will they be able to you know make a good niche for themselves and and get uh the, the thing it's hard to get a lot of guys to run uh a regional series There's a lot most of them only end up having some some only end up having one guy run the whole thing you know you if you get three to run the entire regional tour it, it's usually pretty good uh so will another one will it be just a, a conglomeration of uh races under one thing that one guy really is uh, there's there, there's no championship uh, battle because only one guy is the main guy running them all or will there be you know four or five uh regulars on the tour uh we'll see but i mean it's uh you know it adds another uh, little uh, little uh, spice i guess to the southeast uh scene uh, in 2023 yeah the i'm just wondering if you know joseph gets in a little tangle or something a restart uh, they're gonna be like you know send them to the back and once they have those controversies uh all your plated favoritism is just like you hear in every other race series i was kind yeah, of that, that, that's always a concern with that kind of stuff yeah i, mean, I was like, joking yeah. with them at, uh, <laughs> the other day at the pri show and joseph's like i'm just a driver so you can blame them i can't really control what they do blame joshua me. we'll just blame joshua yeah right? we'll just you blame know. joshua he's always wanted to run the series he actually <laughs> talked about it to me like two or three years ago and now they're going to move forward and have another Southeastern Regional Series. Yep. Uh, my one more thing is uh, kind of cool news in my neck of the woods. Bob Gardner announced to me on Friday that uh, Tommy Shepard Jr. will be joining forces with the Pink Panther car. And uh, he'll be piloting. Uh, there'll be a two-car race team, kind of like what Boom Briggs does in the national scene. Bob will still be driving. But Tommy Shepard kind of made some noise last year, especially at the beginning of the year, winning some big races um, in his rookie campaign. And then kind of had the yeah, the hiatus breakup with his car owner, then they came back for just a little bit. So I think it's uh, good to see in my neck of the woods of a guy that's uh, paid his dues, showed out a little bit last year, pretty good in the mod world. Um, he'll be racing with Bob Gardner out of uh, Washington, Illinois, in the Peak Panther Motorsports, you know, car. So kudos to Tommy Shepard getting a ride, and I thought that was pretty cool because, you know, the more racers we have in my area, the better. So congratulations to um, TSS. Um, how about you, Kyle? Finish it strong, buddy. You were at PRI. Anything from there? Do you got something else up your sleeve? Yeah, I was actually texting Kevin Rumley last week to be like, hey, you know, would you, could we see Brandon Overton, uh, in one of your race cars again, uh, in the future? And he said, yeah, you know, it, uh, all tech went well last week and, uh, the, the, the two sides of Brandon Overton and Kevin Rumley are definitely open to it and I expect to 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 see the pairing uh and select races next year on a testing basis on a research and development basis for Longhorn obviously Kyle Larson is still Kevin Rumley's primary driver but you know even Larson uh you know is very limited in his schedule also you know he seems like a pretty busy guy so um I found that interesting 
uh, last week, you know, I was just texting Kevin and, uh, you know, seems like um, we'll see the pairing uh, try to advance uh, the Longhorn chassis stable at um, select races next year. So look for, look for that uh, in the year to come. Yeah, big stuff happening there in the Rumbling Motorsports uh, ride. We'll see how that plays out in 2023. Guys, we're only like two weeks away. We're going to be racing in 2023. We're like less than a month out from the Wild West shootout. So get your rest in now. Enjoy the vacation, Kovac. Robert, go back and get some uh, get some Zs because I know you're a little sleepy from uh, grinding all night and waking up early. And uh, Kyle, have safe travels. I'll see you guys, you know, in Texas here later tonight or tomorrow morning for the offsite at Flow Racing. Until next time, this is the Dirty Reporters. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.